welcome to this episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. On this episode, we are discussing California, or just rambling about it in general. This is a series I've simply titled 50 States Ramble, where I will be rambling about, as made evident by the title of the series, or the name of the series, all 50 states in alphabetical order. So there's no particular rhyme or reason, and you certainly don't have to listen to them um, in chronological order. It's unlikely you're going to follow or make it to the end of each episode, whether because I get you so bored you fall asleep or so annoyed you just tune out. Hopefully it's the first, not the latter, but such is life. So, California, a state just like about every other state, um, don't really know much about. I start every single ramble like that. And be prepared because I will start on one thing and I'll get to you um, another topic that has nothing to do with the state. So that's part of the fun, the mystery, the boredom, the sleep-induced coma that I hope to uh, put you in either for a little nap or a long uh, sleep. So I do know that Sacramento is the capital. I compiled a little list of facts about Sacramento. Its estimated 2019 population was 513,625 residents, making it the sixth largest city in California and the ninth largest uh, capital in the U.S. Sacramento is the seat of the California legislature and the governor of California, making it the state's political center and hub for lobbying and think tanks. I've never quite understood what a think tank is. Is it just supposed to be a group of people that get together, think about a topic, and they lobby? Is it purely for fun? Is it purely for political gain? Not quite sure. So, as of the time of compiling this, you know, these talking points, it does mention here that Sacramento is the fastest growing major city in California owing to its status as a notable financial center of the West Coast and as a major educational hub, home of California State University, Sacramento, and University of California, Davis. Similarly, California is a major city center excuse me, for the California healthcare industry. So, kind of just scrolling past here. To be frank, I've never visited um, Sacramento. I've been in California a couple times. Um, not for a very long time, though. I mean, we're talking about maybe... Uh, 15 years at this point, perhaps. If not longer. Probably longer. Probably closer to 20 years at this point. As I take a sip of my coffee. Definitely tea is much better for when I record, but um, I just bought this nifty little Keurig Mini. They were on special at Target, <laughs> and um, I don't know. You know, sometimes, and this usually doesn't happen to me, but sometimes you have a, a, a very specific idea of what you're going for, 
whether it be to Target or, you know, a grocery store, a sporting goods store, whatever. And you're just certain that you're going to just get in there, buy exactly what you want or what you think you need, and then just head out. It's going to be a five-minute trip. But then there's something that just catches your eye that immediately you find justifications for its purchase. And that's exactly what happened uh, to me with my Keurig Mini. Um, went into Target. I knew exactly what I needed. I wanted to get it from Target because it was the best pricing for it. I knew they had availability for this other thing I was looking for. And me succumbing to the uh, the tricks of uh, corporate greed and uh, <laughs> and uh, retail uh, merchandising. I made the mistake of going all the way around Target just to see, right? Haven't we all been there before? Came in with the idea of being very specific, and then I, uh, of course, say, let me just take a stroll. Let me see what's in here, just just for fun. Wouldn't you know it, I pass by the coffee maker section, notice a Keurig Mini, and I think, hmm, you know what? Those little cups can be very expensive. Not all of them depends on the brand I'll tell you a little bit about that now but some brands can be pretty expensive at Starbucks but I said nah it's gonna be expensive coffee do I really want it do I really need it of course you don't need anything necessarily like that but I saw that I think they had it advertised for I think it was 60 bucks 70 bucks you know not for free of course but not this extraordinarily high price especially for you know a cool, cute little coffee machine. So again, came into the store. At this point, I didn't even pick up what I was looking for yet. Remember the specific item that in my head, I'm just thinking, okay, this is, this is all I'm coming for. So mind you, at this point, I still had not even picked up what I came for. I must have spent, without a word of a lie, just thinking here. Eight minutes. Eight minutes, ten minutes, somewhere in that general range, staring at these different Keurig minis and running through all the justifications in my head as to why I should buy it. So, ultimately, my thought process was my current coffee maker, which is good. You know, I still use it. I had purchased a two-in-one coffee maker, you know, regular drip coffee and then an espresso maker. I'd been sort of not too content with the espresso portion of the coffee machine, to be honest. I think it just makes it a little bit too weak. It's too little coffee that you can put in there, so it, it ends up just being like a very legitimate one or two shot of espresso, whereas for me personally, I like to consume maybe like three shots as like a serving, let's say, which I know is absurd. I mean, I, I know it is, but tis the addiction of caffeine. And the other thing about my, at least the drip portion of my coffee maker is, um, whether it be from use or whether it be from just lack of maintenance, whatever, I just find it's made very watery coffee and I've tried cleaning it a couple of times and it just hasn't really quite hit the spot. And on top of that, it kind of forces you into a four to five cup minimum. 
you can do less, but it, it makes it kind of a pain, let's say. So ultimately, I decided the Keurig Mini was the right option for me, if only because how convenient. I can pour six, eight ounces of water in the back, slide in this little K-cup, press a button, and have one serving of coffee just for myself. Which is pretty much all I look for before I head to the office or occasionally if I come home and I want to do some creative work. So what started as this mission for something totally different resulted in a 10-minute pondering session as to whether I should buy this coffee machine, and I did. I bought the um, Target brand. I think it's a Target brand at least, as I sip once more from my Keurig coffee. Here I go. That's pretty good. So, to sort of add to it, put in the cart, put in the, the uh, coffee I got, which I could not believe the price difference between the Starbucks brand. I think for 24, 30 cups, something like that. I think it was uh, like 25 or 30 bucks in total. So basically a dollar per, per cup, something to that effect. I mean, it, a ridiculous amount of money. And then the Target brand, again, I think it's a Target brand. It was 40 cups, I think, for like $15, something like that. So it just made a lot more sense, you know. Does it make it more expensive still than your regular drip coffee? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I haven't done... I mean, definitely. Definitely, because I, I haven't done the uh, the full breakdown, let's say. But, you know, it must be, right? Because you're paying for that convenience. But I'm happy with it, you know. Um, I think the coffee is pretty okay. It's good. I don't think it's great. And frankly, I'm not sure if I know what great coffee tastes like. This is kind of a pet peeve of mine, where people um, people tell me that this coffee is great and this coffee is not great. I mean, what am I looking for? What am I tasting for? I mean, how, how do I know what's good? For me, if it's too burned, as is the case, I think oftentimes with Starbucks, and yes, I agree, it's not very good. But aside from being burned coffee, or like stale coffee... It's difficult for me to really tell you what good or great coffee tastes like. I do have a friend that works in the industry. I forget his exact title. I think it's director of coffee program or something to that effect. And um, the way that he describes the different beans and the different ways of grinding them and roasting them. You know, the guy's a total pro when it comes to this. So he can definitely tell the difference between good coffee, great coffee, and, you know, he's convinced that, and I believe him, of course, that the coffee he serves at his establishment is top quality. And they've kind of been recognized for having, you know, that type of coffee, you know, being the best in the area. But for me, it kind of all tastes the same. You know, it's difficult for me to really, uh, you know, tell it. 
Anyway, to conclude with my Keurig rant, I bought a cup holder. I think it's 40 different cups. I did buy some flavored coffee, some decaf, and some tea. So within the next day or two, in my home, I'm going to have a silly little rack. It's going to have, you know, maybe 10 regular coffee cups, like 10 regular Colombian roast coffee cups. Maybe 10 decaf because I'm trying to consume less caffeine. And then probably, you know, 10 different teapods, you know, let's say five green teas, five chamomile. I don't know. You know, that, that's to be determined that the remaining will be a couple different flavors. You know, vanilla, cinnamon, that kind of jazz. As I take another sip. Sip. Okay, so that was my Keurig rant. Um, just glancing over my notes here about Sacramento. <laughs> Going back. Seamless transition. I'm just such a pro at this. In 2012, Sacramento started the marketing campaign as America's Farm to Fork Capital due to Sacramento's many restaurants that source their food from the numerous surrounding farms. The city has an annual Farm to Fork Festival that showcases various grocers and growers in the industry. In 2012, The Kitchen was nominated for Outstanding Restaurant by the James Beard Foundation. It continues to excel, earning the Triple A's Five Diamond Dining Award since 2011. That whole thing with the Triple uh, A and Michelin stars and all that, I'm fairly certain, and I don't really know, because I don't know a lot about a lot of things. But as I understand it, it pretty much was just like a marketing ploy, in Michelin's case, by Michelin Tires, basically to get people to travel to these different restaurants, you know, like, hey, get up and go, check out these amazing restaurants. And I assume Triple A's is going to be something similar, but it's basically just a marketing ploy to get you to recognize great restaurants, great dining, and to kind of want you to go and go out there and try which I think works I'm not saying this is a bad thing I think on the contrary it's kind of interesting that they would do this but my point being I don't think AAA nor Michelin stars for restaurants as badges of excellence I don't think it started as a you know restaurant industry um you know, ambition to simply recognize the best within their industry. I think it started as, you know, basically just these different companies that were like, all right, let's encourage people to drive and spend money. Which is cool. I did have a note here about coffee, Sacramento, since I was talking about coffee earlier. Okay, here it is. Sacramento's contemporary culture is reflected in its coffee. An underrated coffee city, in air quotes, Sacramento has above average marks for local coffee. The city has numerous community roasters and coffee shops. Examples include Temple Coffee, Insight Coffee Roasters, Old Soul Co., Chocolate Fish Roasters, Naked Lounge, Pachamama Roasting Co., and Identity Coffees. 
In addition to local brands, the region offers other chains such as Starbucks, Pete's, and Phil's Coffee. You know, to be honest, of those group, of that group, Pete's might be the only coffee that I think is terrible. And I know that a few minutes ago I was going on about the idea that I don't really know what great coffee tastes like. Pete's, for some reason, there's something very almost acidic and bitter to me that whether it's drip coffee or I've tried them in the K-Cups before, not for my machine, but someone else's. And um, I don't know, I think it's kind of awful. But certainly when I think of Sacramento, the first thing that pops into my head is the Sacramento Kings. You know, how bad of a franchise they are. You know, they had their glory days when they had Chris Webber, Mike Bibby, uh, Stojakovic, Vladi Divac. The time they were, you know, that time they were definitely good enough to win at least one NBA title, but, you know, they went up against the Lakers. But um, they're just, unfortunately, a, an awful organization. You know, I'm sorry if you're a Kings fan. Um, but if you're a real Kings fan, you know what? You can agree with what I'm saying. I mean, it's just one of the worst run. One of the least competent and least interesting franchises, I think, in North American sports. Like, they are on the Mount Rushmore of worst professional sports. Like, out there you have probably the Detroit Lions. The Cleveland Browns, historically. I suppose up until recently, I'd probably say the Florida Panthers, but uh, Panthers the last couple seasons have been very competent. Uh, whereas the Kings just continue to just be absolutely terrible. Um, so I actually just hit pause for a moment there. I know to you it just seemed like I was here the whole time, but I just hit pause. Because I kind of got curious, what are some of the worst sports franchises? And an article on Golf Digest, for some reason, uh, popped up. And then they were talking about how bad the Tampa Bay Bucks were. And of course, what a difference uh, a couple years can make. Um, the Bucks, prior to Brady's arrival... Had an all-time regular season record of 278 wins with 429 losses and one tie. The Bucks remained the owners of the worst active win percentage in American sports history. In American sports, yeah, currently. Um, although apparently, actually, and I guess this is another franchise, the Minnesota Timberwolves might have the all-time lowest winning percentage right now. But um, the T-Wolves have also been to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm just looking it up. I guess, I mean, the, the Timberwolves are not a great franchise either, but they at least have some cornerstones there. Um, yeah, it's amazing to think how bad the Buccaneers were Historically, I, I didn't know how bad historically they've been, but Tom Brady gets there, and as you would imagine, 
slowly revitalized of that uh, franchise. Anyway, that's a lot of sports talk. I guess, yeah, maybe the, the Browns. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, there's a lot of bad. Certainly a ton of very poorly run sports franchises. Going back to California, I have been to San Diego. I think it's a very beautiful city. It's quite mountainous for my East Coast sensibilities. The San Diego Zoo, Legoland. This was, again, at this point, probably 20 years ago. Um, so, at this point, to be frank, I don't remember much. Meanwhile, I know a 94-year-old man. Yes, 94. 94, who was able to remember and manage his everyday life just by using the power of his brain. He doesn't need a calendar app or GPS. This guy just knows how to get around, and it's wildly impressive. He's a handyman who's 94 years old. Um, it's so impressive to be that age, and I remember the first time that I called him, he asked where I had gotten the reference of his work, and I told him, you know, who had referred me to him. And, um, you know, I asked him if he was available to do some work for me that I needed. He said yes, and we agreed he would go by three days later. So while on the phone with him, I had no idea of his age. He shows up three days later, gets there on time, we chat, I make him some coffee, came early in the morning, and then he's taking a break in between his work, and I ask him, how old are you? 70? 92, he answers. So at this point, it's been a couple years at this point, of course. He can tell you dates, addresses. He was very, um, he was a little bit confused uh, how to get here the first time because the streets in my particular city, they're not just numbered. You know, they have like this mix of numbers and, and names and some streets go exclusively by one and not the other. But once he figured out how to get here the first time, he remembered... Um, perfectly since then. And he's come by a couple more times to do some more handiwork. And it's interesting how I actually feel like uh, a very friendly relationship with him, me being significantly younger than him. Uh, you know, he actually calls me calls me a brother. You know, he says that I'm, I, I'm a little bit too mature in his opinion for him to call me a son. But uh, it's wonderful. Like, what a nice little relationship he and I have. Great guy, does great work, very honest, and it's very difficult to um, find that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's my relationship with my very, uh, very nice, very good handyman, I suppose. <laughs> All right, let's do some quick, interesting, always in air quotes, facts about California to continue boring and droning you along this episode. Number one. California is home to the avocado capital of the world. Every year, Fallbrook holds an avocado festival to celebrate. Number two. The Hollywood Bowl is the largest outdoor amphitheater in the USA. When it first opened in 1922, it was merely a simple wooden platform with a canvas top. Three. In 1964... San Francisco's cable cars were named the first moving National Historic Landmark. 
the San Fran cable cars are the only ones still operating in a U.S. city. The world's largest tree, called General Sherman, lives in the Sequoia National Park at nearly 270 feet tall and a circumference of 102 feet. Absolutely massive. Five. Death Valley is the hottest, driest, and lowest national park in the country. Despite its morbid name, due to these extremes, a great diversity of life lives within the park. Number six. California is the most populous state. One in eight residents lives there. Number seven, California is the birthplace of the internet. In 1969, the first ARPANET, A-R-P-A, net message was sent from the UCLA site. Number eight, thousands of visitors flock to the Golden Gate Bridge every year, but it wasn't always so beloved. Many originally derided the design as ugly. And then I had here marked for number 9 and number 10, which it seems like you did not save. Certainly California, being such a huge state with so many different uh, cities and places to explore and a huge diversity of amazing food. You know, when I think of California, obviously I think of uh, wonderful Latin food. I think of incredible Asian and Pacific Islander food. Um, it just strikes me as a state so large and so expansive. You know, as it is big, it is also sort of, let's say, diverse and oppor opportunist. Is that a word? You know, like, it's probably not a word. Uh, the word I'm trying to think of is it's so. It's almost like limitless in terms of what can be explored there. That's kind of what I think about. And I suppose it's been a shame that the times I've gone to California, I really haven't had much of an opportunity, you know, aside from being in San Diego and very briefly in L.A. And again, so long ago, it's just, you know, now as an adult, it would be, you know, a very different story. But... um yeah, definitely. I look forward to potentially visiting California. A sort of general theme that's kind of emerged naturally from this series as I've started to record it. And if you heard the Arkansas episode, a theme that's kind of emerging is something that I kind of touch upon during the course of the episode of the 50 States Ramble. It kind of gives me an idea of like what I would do, things that I want to uh, explore when I visit the States. In Arkansas's case, if you remember, it was the Cheese Dip Trail. And if you don't know about the Cheese Dip Trail, then, you know, listen to the Arkansas episode. It's called John Daly and Diamonds, I believe. I put it in the parentheses, Arkansas, 50 State Ramble. But in this case, um, I would love to visit General Sherman. I would love to visit Death Valley. I want to see the cable cars. 
uh, I want to go to the Fallbrook Avocado Festival, you know, just, I guess always for me, and I'll probably repeat myself every single episode, so sorry in advance and bear with me, but I always find myself a, a bit more attracted to things that are like under the radar, you know, I, I'm not a big fan always of these huge you know, like if I go to Paris, for example, of course, I like to see the Eiffel Tower. You know, I'd obviously like to see, you know, Mona Lisa and the Louvre or whatever, but I guess for me, it's, I wouldn't necessarily plan a trip around that. I would actually prefer to plan my trip around more subtle, more obscure kind of things. You know, who goes to California to go to Fallbrook for the Avocado Festival? Not that many people, I'm sure. Unless you're in the industry or whatever, you live nearby. <laughs> but for me, it's like if I have flexibility in my schedule, it's like, hey, I'm going to go to California at a time. And I can enjoy the avocado festival. And I can enjoy, um, you know, a couple other things along the along the path. Now, granted, California is a huge state in terms of just its sheer size. So maybe I'm talking about going to the avocado festival and going to Death Valley and... Um, you know, making it out to a Sacramento Kings game at some point, which maybe the in-game experience is good. I don't know. If you've been to one, let me know. Um, but like I would, like I would actually be more curious to experience a Kings game than I would a Lakers game. <laughs> and that's just very consistent with my character. The more off the beat path, it's kind of always my, um, my preferred route in many ways. So, anyway, those are a few things that I suppose now I should experience. I should go to a Kings game. I should go to the Avocado Festival. I should do anything. So, I don't know. Let me know. Do you live in California? What do you love about California? Have you been to the events I'm talking about? Have you? Are you a season ticket holder for the Kings? Is the in-game experience better than their product on the court? So that was California. Um, next up, I guess, would be uh, maybe Delaware, I guess. Is there another state with a C? California. Carolinas, we're going to do north and south, I guess. Yeah, I guess maybe it's Delaware next. I don't know. Right off the top of my head, I can't think of any state. So, anyway, hope you guys are enjoying this 50 States Ramble series so far. I'm having a nice time recording them, so I'm going to keep it up. Questions, comments, concerns, you can always reach me at hello at sleepandrelaxasmr.com. That's all for this episode. Thanks as always for listening, and take care.